Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We have a lot to go over today. First of all, the markets are going up like crazy. Sentiment has shifted to the positive, and now investors are back on board. It seems like December might be another positive month. On that note, it doesn't seem like investors are too concerned about the Omicron variant. This is something that I've been seeing for a while, but we're seeing it play out here. Investors are shrugging off the impact of any COVID variant. We also have news that Kathy Wood of ARK Invest, the former queen of investing, is starting a new transparency ETF. So it's a new ETF centered around transparency, and that's getting ready to launch soon. Now, I have some thoughts about this subject because she's launching a new ETF, while currently the rest of her ETFs are in a bear market during a bull market. And I think that's a little odd, so I'll share some thoughts on this. And then we also have some heartbreaking news. This is really sad stuff. The Slum Doge millionaire, the Dogecoin millionaire, has lost millionaire status. As the Dogecoin has plummeted in value, $250,000 worth, he's now down to only $570,000 in value with this worthless meme coin. So we're going to be discussing this, as well as I want to review and react to his plan of how he wants to get back to becoming the Dogecoin millionaire. Because he laid out this groundbreaking plan of how he wants to get Dogecoin to a $1 value, which is quite a bit higher than it is now. So we have a lot to jump into. Let's go ahead and start off with a market update. First of all, my portfolio is real money. It has $358,000 of value and $77,000 in gains. If we look at just today, it's up, well, right now it's up above 2%. So we're up $7,000 today. A lot of this is being driven by Apple. Right now, Apple's up 3.5%. It's up to 171. That is incredibly good. Morgan Stanley just raised their price target to $200 a share, citing that things like augmented reality and VR have not been baked into the share price yet. This is what I've been saying for a long time. Apple is priced with its core business and its core business only. If the core business that currently exists does well, then Apple is still a good stock right now. But if augmented reality or VR take off, either one of those will grow the stock substantially. I predict future headlines that will see the same thing, that the Apple car hasn't been adequately priced into the stock. Now, if we stay filtered by the one day, Apple and Microsoft are up the most of my portfolio. Consumer is dragging a little bit. They're up only 0.7%. The core is up 2%. Real estate is actually up 2%. If we go into this, we have Vici up 2.7%. Vici has been struggling, but like I've mentioned many times before, this is an experiential real estate property. This will not do amazing until the coast is clear with the viruses. The banking category is doing well. JP Morgan's up 1.7% and T. Rowe's up 3%. We even have the restaurant and delivery category going up. Texas Roadhouse is up 2% today. All time, I'm only up a little bit on this company, only up $300. This is one that I'm going to hold on to for at least 2022. I want to see how this one does next year when demand shifts towards services. I think that restaurants in general will have a very good year next year. So there's a brief overview of my portfolio today. If you want to click through any of these categories, there's a link in the description of this video that shows you every single holding in every single category. Now, the reason that stocks are in the green today and everything is going up is because investors are shrugging off the Omicron variant. This is something that I predicted and I've been saying for a while and I continue to believe. I do not believe we will have another huge market panic and market sell-off 
because of any new variant from COVID. I don't think it will happen. And my reasoning for this is simple. Investors fear the unknown. They fear things that they haven't gone through before. We've all been through COVID and the Delta variant. So Omicron is not a new experience. Investors already know how this works. It's very unlikely for something that we know about, that we've already gone through, to cause market panic. Now, I'm not saying that we'll never experience another crash. We certainly will at some point. There's going to be another 10% downturn or a 20% downturn, which is a bear market. That will happen. It's inevitable. That's part of the market cycle. Trying to time to crash is a fool's errand, and focusing on market crashes is a fool's errand. Both of those waste your time from assessing quality investments. If you have quality investments, quality assets, and you're investing in them at reasonable valuations, you don't have to worry about market crashes. It's not a concern. Instead, invest in high-quality companies and watch them make money for you. Now, moving on, I want to talk about this seismic shift in sentiment in like two days' time. This is something that you'll see over and over again with the stock market. One minute, investors become a little bit bearish. They start becoming pessimistic. In fact, just yesterday, just a day ago, both Graham, Andre, and Jeremy, all three of them released videos about the upcoming and impending market crash. The next day, after these videos are released, the market is now surging like crazy, and investor sentiment has changed dramatically. This is human emotion and psychology. All it takes is one green day to reinstill confidence back into the market. The thing that you have to avoid more than anything is becoming bearish and buying in to the market's negative sentiment. And Peter Lynch has advice on this very subject. Here's him telling a story of one of the worst drops in the stock market during a time that he was running the Magellan Fund. It's always been a special month. Uh, I remember in 1987, I was very, uh, you know, I was very convinced that Mark was, in no, was not, not in trouble and I didn't worry about things. And Carol and I had planned this great uh, golf vacation to Ireland and we are going to visit one course and set a little house and visit another, go all along the west coast of Ireland and play golf. And we left on a Thursday night and uh, the market went down 55 points that day, which was not too good. And uh... So he goes on vacation to go to Ireland and to golf. That's what he's doing when he's running the Magellan Fund. And while he's on vacation, the very first day, the market drops quite a bit. 50 points back in 87 was a much bigger drop than it is today. <laughs> the next day, we got to Ireland. Because of the time difference, we'd completed our day. And I got back to the hotel, and I called in. The market had gone down 112 on Friday. I said to Carolyn, uh, you know, I think if the, if the market goes down on Monday, uh, you know, we're going to have to go back. And, uh, and so we, might as well, we stayed there for the weekend, and... Uh, and on Monday, the market went down 508 points, and my fund went from, uh, I think, $12 billion to $8 billion, and uh, that gets your attention, you know, in a <laughs> two, two working days. You know, I said, at the end of this week, I'd be, uh, have no fun. In two days, his fund went from $12 billion assets under management to $8 billion. But if you look at his composure and the psychology behind Peter Lynch, he remains very unconcerned. He's really not concerned about market fluctuations. Listen to what he does as a result of this drop. On Monday, because the market uh, didn't open, you know, by 12 o'clock, it was in Ireland, it was still uh, 7 o'clock in New York. So we did spend that day and we, uh, we, did, we played around golf in the morning and then we went somewhere and sort of watched the market uh, deteriorate. And, uh, and uh, I did come back. There wasn't nothing I could do. I mean, just uh, nothing I could do about it. it uh, but I think my shareholders, they called up and they said, well, what's Lynch doing? They say, well, he's on the sixth hole and he's, uh, you know, he's even par up to now, but he's in a trap. This could be, you know, this could be a triple bogey here. This could be a, could be a big inning. And uh, I, don't th- I don't think that's exactly what they want to hear. So I could do something about this damn thing. 
His fund lost $4 billion of asset center management in two days, and he shrugs his shoulders and spends the day golfing. This is what Peter Lynch does, one of the greatest investors of all time. He's golfing as his fund is crashing, because he says there's nothing that he's going to do. Do you think that he's going to get discouraged? and sell because stock prices are falling? Is that the logical and reasonable thing to do? Of course not. So I came back home and uh, suffered with everybody else, and, and uh, fortunately, uh, I was very consistent. Uh, my, uh, the market went down. When I ran Magellan on uh, 13 years, the market went down nine times, and every time the market went down, Magellan went down. I was nine for nine. As great of an investor Peter Lynch was, every single time the market went down, his fund went down as well. And he also goes on to say that his fund went down more than the rest of the market. It usually had bigger dips than the rest of the market. But overall, because he could control his emotions and he held on to high quality assets, especially when the stock prices fell, he would not sell them. They ended up recovering in price and most of them would go up far more than they would fall. So this business, you don't have to be right one or two times. You can be right one out of four. It's a long time, the times you're right, you know the company's doing well, you know they're doing a great job and you add to it, or at least you don't sell it, which is a terrible tragedy. So. You can make more money on the upside, so I just, I just wrote those out, and I will now flip a coin to tell you where the market will go to 4000 this year or next year. Uh, heads means it goes up, it's a two-headed coin. Uh, the market will go up in the next year. As long as companies were doing a good job, and they were good companies, he would add when they would fall, and over time, those would be his biggest winners. Controlling your emotions and having a strong stomach is vital to making long-term gains. Now, moving on, we have news that Kathy Wood is ready to launch her new transparent ETF. It's called the ARK Transparency ETF. It looks set to arrive amid a big test for Wood and her disruptive vision. ARK products have been slammed by market volatility, with investors ditching the kind of unprofitable tech bets beloved by the firm. So Kathy Wood is in the process of launching this brand new ETF while her current ones are struggling. The ARK flagship ETF is down 20% year to date, That's not so good when the market's up 25%. The ARK Genomic ETF is down 31%. And the ARK NextGen Internet ETF is down 10%. So across the board, her major ETFs are currently struggling this year. Now, they might recover over time. This is only a one-year period. And she gives out a five-year time horizon for her investments. So she would just say that this is the short term. One year is too short term of a timeline for her investments. But my question for Kathy Wood would be, how many ETFs do you really need? Do you really need to launch another one? You have the ARC Innovation ETF, the ARC NextGen Internet ETF, the ARC Genomic Revolution ETF, the ARC Autonomous Tech and Robotics ETF, the ARC FinTech Innovation ETF, the ARC Space Exploration Innovation ETF. That one is just comical in my opinion. You have the ARC Israel Innovation Technology ETF and then the new ARC Transparency ETF. How many ETFs is Kathy Wood gonna launch? Is she even controlling these ETFs? If you're invested in one, is Kathy Wood even making the decisions anymore? I don't know how you can manage this many companies in this many different ETFs and keep track of all of them. I think it would be very difficult. The one thing that I wanna mention with Kathy Wood and ARC Invest is that the ETFs all have pretty high priced expense ratios. All of them are roughly 0.75% or above. And that's something that gets paid no matter how these ETFs perform. Over the next five years, whether or not these ETFs outperform the market or underperform, either way you pay this expense ratio. Either way, Kathy Wood and her funds will make a lot of money over the next five years, whether or not her companies do. Now moving on, we have to talk about the Slumdoge Millionaire. This is someone that invested heavily into a meme coin and it surged above 
$1 million. The meme coin was, of course, the Dogecoin. So here's a screenshot. This was back in April of above a million. That's 699% gain. So he made good gains with this. He got the Dogecoin millionaire title. That's what his branding is about. His whole identity and branding is about being a Dogecoin millionaire. But it seems recently he's hit a little bit more of a rough patch. And this is just sad news. He's lost a substantial amount of the value and he's down to $570,000 in value. This is like a 30% drop. I say this in all seriousness. What are you trying to prove? You had a million dollars from a meme coin. Why not take the gains? Why not sell it? I don't understand the reasoning here. Why do people hold on to meme coins even after they were successful, even after they made a fortune with them? But he's sticking with it. He's long Dogecoin and he's not selling out. Now, he recently made a video on how he's going to get back to that millionaire status with the Dogecoin. Here is him laying out his plan. If we piggyback off of my first reason of community, and now we have a goal, right? So the goal to get to a dollar, we have everybody kind of encouraging everyone else to buy more Dogecoin. So the first step is to set a goal. And I like that. If you want to accomplish anything, you want to set goals. And his goal is for Dogecoin to get to a dollar. Now, Doge is currently worth 18 cents, so we're quite a ways off from a dollar. So he's not only setting goals, he's setting very ambitious goals, and he lays out a detailed plan of how to get Dogecoin from its current 18 cents all the way to a dollar. Because now it's like, all right, if I get it, then I have it at a certain price. If you get it, you have it at a certain price. And then if we get more people to buy it, the value goes up, right? As soon as the value goes up, I make more money, you make more money, they make more money. That's the basis of the plan. It's to add more people, to talk about it, to share it with friends, to promote it, to spread the good word of Dogecoin. And if everyone starts to buy it, if you buy it, if I buy it, if we all buy it together, the market cap will go up. All of us make money. I'm surprised I haven't thought of a plan like this. This sounds amazing. We can all just buy the same thing, the price goes up, and all of us make money together? This sounds incredible. Oh, wow. So let's get more people to buy it, and then the valuation goes up, and we all make more money. Now, an important part of this plan, in fact, a key part of it, is to recruit more people. We have to get more believers in Dogecoin to push the price up. So we have to almost go and talk to new people, meet new friends, and create new communities and people around Dogecoin. That is how we get the price to go up. So it's one of those things where it's like, if we do that enough times, we can get to a dollar, which is the goal. Here's a clip from The Office of Michael Scott having a brilliant plan of how to make everyone rich. All right, so... Raise your hand if you want to get rich. He asked them if they want to get rich, and they all agree, and then he explains his plan. We are getting three people each. The more people that get involved, the more people who are investing, the more money we're all going to make. It's not a pyramid scheme. It is a, it's not even a scheme per se. It's... Comedy has now turned into reality. Worthless meme coins like Dogecoin have no intrinsic value, and the only way that people make gains with these coins is by encouraging and promoting other people to pay a higher price for them than you did. That's the only way that you make gains. It is essentially a pyramid scheme. Now you might say, but Joseph, that's the same thing with stocks. It's really not though. The reason that stocks go up is because they return money to the shareholder in and of themselves. Stocks pay out dividends like Microsoft, paying out enormous amounts of dividends on a quarterly basis from the cash flows they generate. Companies can also do share buybacks, reducing the amount of shares outstanding and increasing your equity. They again do this from the money they're generating from real customers. Stocks are reliant on the company generating profits. Meme coins are reliant on other people being the greater fool and buying at a higher price than you did. Now that's going to be it for this episode. I'll see you in the next one.